Welcome to the Old Chick Snowship Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Arthurton. This podcast is dedicated to helping midlife women step into the inherent power and wisdom of a time of life when they often feel overlooked and underrepresented and even begin to doubt themselves. Each week, we will cover information and inspirational topics along with real stories from real women who are defying cultural stereotypes and perceptions of midlife. Women who are reinventing themselves, starting businesses, chasing their dreams, and tackling challenges they never thought possible. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Old Chick Snowship podcast. Today, I have a really inspiring guest with a really inspiring story about finding passion and purpose in your next chapter. You know, so many of us find ourselves in this place where we're asking what's next, right? Like either that we, we retired from our career or something's ended or changed and we're trying to figure out the what's next. And my guest today, Melissa Davey, after a very successful corporate career, decided to follow her passion to become a documentary filmmaker. She is the creator of a film called Beyond 60, which I think, again, this should be required watching for people. It's so good. That basically shares the stories and insights of women over the age of 60 and what they're doing in the world, which is some pretty incredible things. So welcome, Melissa. I am so excited to have this conversation with you today. Thank you. It's so good to be here with you. So tell us what prompted you, you know, after a very successful corporate career, what made you get into documentary filmmaking? Like in my mind, they seem very, very far apart. They are. <laughs> and how you, I mean, okay, if I thought about making a movie, I wouldn't even know where to begin. <laughs> so I'd love us for you to kind of give us a little bit of insight as to, you know, how you made that transition from corporate okay. to filmmaking. Okay. Well, it, it all started, you know, again, sitting at my job for more than two decades. At the time, I was 65 years old. There was no impetus for me to leave. I mean, the, the company that I worked for was amazing. They didn't have any ageism that was obviously present there. So I could have stayed. But it was something like looking at the clock and the calendar and you know, saying, oh my gosh, how did this happen? How did, how did all of a sudden mm -hmm. I become 65 years old? And it wasn't that I hated my job or I needed to leave for any reason, but there was this nagging feeling that, oh my gosh, 65 is getting kind of old. And what else is there? Is there anything right. that I haven't done that I want to do? And I started doing this personal inventory really. And filmmaking was a fantasy along with things like learn to play a saxophone and i i don't read music so you know there were all these things write a book have a podcast you know all the things that people fantasize about and some people actually do and the filmmaking was always something that i fantasized about from the time that i was really really young but i never looked into it i never you know took any classes on how to make a film or I always thought it would be impossible to do. I thought that's not me. Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm trained to do. That's yeah. that's not where my experience lies. Who the heck would do that? It's just a, another great fantasy to have. But at that moment at 65, a few things aligned like the stars and the moon and and it really made me think about it. Like why not? Why mm -hmm. wouldn't I at this point in my life try something different and new and something that really would excite me and challenge me. And I think a lot of the reason that I was ready was because of my age and because of all the experiences that I had had, 
I was pretty confident. I was much more confident at 65 than I was at 45. So even though I was doing great things at 45, you know, building a business and, you know, it was going well, I still had those fears and anxieties and doubts about my abilities in almost anything that I did. So that kind of went away when I turned 65. So it allowed me, the age was what allowed me to sit and think about it more logically. And then a couple of things actually happened that really pushed me off the cliff. Right. There's so much to unpack in what you just said. And the first thing that I want to say is this notion of becoming aware of your age and how much is in front of you. Because so many of us live like our life goes on forever, right? Right. Like we can just keep taking that thing and punting it down the road next week, next month, next year. But there comes a point where you're like, okay, there aren't that many and like not so morbid or, you know, doom and gloom, but there aren't that many next months, next years, like they're getting shorter and shorter. Right. And and that's what hit me. And, And it was a you know, and I agree with you totally that my 40s, my 50s, you know, even my early 60s, I was not paying attention to yeah. my age at all because I had my health and, you know, I felt okay. And I was still, you know, going to work every day and plus having a home life and traveling and having fun. Yeah. So you do, you kind of ignore time yeah. and you do feel this invincibility kind of like, yes. oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Why That's- think about that? That's never going to happen. At 65, it did hit me that, holy cow, how much more time do I really have? You know, let's yeah. be honest, Melissa, how much time do you have to try three, four, one new thing? Or how much? Yeah. So it, it does finally hit you, I think, most people anyway. Yeah. I mean, where they have that, you know, you look in the mirror and you say, Ooh, let's get honest with ourselves about well, who, and how old we are. Right. And that's the thing is just being really honest with yourself. I heard Jamie Lee Curtis interviewed a little while ago and she was talking about, I think she just turned 60 and she was talking about living for her passion and what makes her excited. And she said the phrase that she kept telling her, asking herself was, or the question she kept asking herself was, if not me, who, if not now, when? Right. And that right. was like, oh, like <laughs> that's kind of been in the back of my mind. Although I am very, I am very hyper aware of how short time is because my mother actually died at my age. Yes. So I'm like, wow, every year from here on that I have forward is a year that she didn't have. And what am I going to do with those? Right. right. The gift of, the of gift. life. Yeah. It, right. it's a, it is amazing. We just, you know, I liken it to being, and I've said this before, I, being on a fast train, you know, from the time you're twenties, you figure out, you know, what kind of different career paths you'll have. You might get married, have kids like I did, and, you know, maybe even throw in a divorce and a remarriage like I did. You know, you get busy and you're on this fast train and it's, you know, it's fulfilling, it's fun, you know, it has its complications, you deal with them. But you, one day, you're like, oh my God, when am I ever getting off this train? Because you need time. You need time to look in the mirror and say, okay, where have I been? And where am I going? And I think that's what Jamie Lee Curtis was saying is like, I'm not right. going to do it now. When am I going to do it? And that's exactly what hit me right in the face. Yeah. And I think the other important thing that you said was having the confidence, like having more confidence at this point, like seeing the value of, you know, all of your experience, your knowledge, your wisdom, knowing that you could, 
you've you've had challenges before right like you've overcome them you've figured out the way forward and so now you can do it again yeah and that's a you know confidence is a funny thing and especially for women and women in corporate business and you know a lot of times it's tamped down you're you're yeah if you act confident you're being cocky or you're you know it's a weird kind of a mix with for women and a lot of yeah. times we're told to be quiet and we're told to be in the background and you know don't get real mad or loud because that's seen as negative even though if a man does it it may not be negative so we've had all this messaging all along to be in a certain box and that you know told what is acceptable and I think that we don't even think about that. And we kind of just buy into it and float yeah. along. But then there comes this point where it's like, are you kidding me? You know, and you get louder and, and which I did. And I was allowed to in my corporate position. And I was at the executive table with, you know, a lot of men. And, you know, it, it is interesting, though, that when I would get loud and push back and say no, and, you know, that's a crazy idea. You know, listen to my idea. It's better than yours you know, a couple of people on my team that I'm very close with would say, oh, there she goes. She has her Tourette's going again, you know, but they wouldn't have said that if a man said it. Yeah. So, so you start to build that confidence around, okay, it doesn't matter whether they like what I'm saying or accept what I'm saying or put it in the package of the fact that I'm a female, get loud, right. start, you know, living your truth and telling people what you think and doing what you think is best for yourself. And that's how you grow. And that's where that confidence comes from. And by the time, if you're lucky enough, like you said, to get to the point where I was 65, I realized how lucky I was. And I looked back and I thought, gee, I've had more experiences, good, bad, ugly, whatever, than many people have. And I can take all those and all the learnings that I had from them. And I can probably do whatever I want within reason because I know how to ask for help and I know how to surround myself with people that know more than I do about a subject, you know, and that's what you need to succeed. So when it finally came down to, gee whiz, I think I'm going to quit my job and become a filmmaker. I felt secure enough in the knowledge that I'll be able to figure it out and that it, there'll be times that it will be hard, but that will be okay. Cause I know what that feels like. And I know I can push through it and yeah. maybe I'll even fail. I mean, it could be that I make a bomb film and it doesn't do anything, but did I learn from the experience and did I enjoy it? Yeah. So, you know, all of that was going on at the time that I made the jump. Yeah. And, you know, and following your passion, like, you know, this thing that was inside of you, right. And knowing that even if it failed, you honored yourself by, right. you know, following that part of that, like, that little voice inside you that's like, yes, let's be a filmmaker, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So tell me then. So you made the decision. You're like, okay, I'm quitting. I'm going to become a filmmaker, a documentary filmmaker. Like, what's the first thing you do? Like, how do you take the first step? Well, for me, the first thing I did was made sure that I gave a long notice so that I had plenty of time <laughs> to figure this out. Okay. So I did give a year's notice because I had built the division for the company. And I needed to mentor somebody to come in and take over my position and, and, you know, get everything situated and leave it in better shape than when I first built it. So I, and I was committed to doing that. And the company was committing to supporting me in that, knowing that at the same time, I was starting this journey 
to become a filmmaker. So while I was still working, which was a blessing because money was still coming in the door for me, I was starting to lay out what I would need to make a film. And the first thing was I need to talk to some people that are filmmakers and you know, just run this idea by them and see if I can find some people to help me. Because honestly, I'm not a camera person. I can take pictures, but I'm not a film camera person. And so I needed that support, sound, lights, all of that. Mm, yeah. I knew I needed help. So I reached out to a young woman that I was actually mentoring at the time because she was wanting to leave her job and do something new. And I knew she was already connected to the film world. So she introduced me to someone. And I my idea in meeting this person was that, well, maybe he'll send me off to someone else. But he was enthralled with my idea of doing something that would be relatable to me, which was talk about mm -hmm. women over the age of 60 and how their voices should not be, you know, pushed under the rug and that they had a lot of interesting things to say and they have a lot of interesting tasks that they're accomplishing. So anyway, we talked about it and he took it back to his production company partners and they came to me and said, look, we want to do this with you. Well, let's all do it. So there were these young guys and some women, and I mean young, 20s and maybe 30 at the time, and me, who was 65 at the time. And we sat down and we started to walk through what I would need to make this film. So they were going to be my back support as far as cameras, lights, right. you know, helping with the production end of it. And I was going out to find these women during that year. I interviewed probably between 80 and 100 women on the telephone trying to come up with the nine that I ended up with in the film. And so it was that process of just reaching out, talking to people, hearing their stories, which made me realize after hearing all of those stories, and they were all wonderful stories, that women really have a lot to say. And women really are still alive and well and involved after the age of 60, well past the age of 60. So you know, that's how it began. So I started regularly meeting with the production team and then setting up what would be my first nine interviews. By the time I left my job, I had done the first three interviews and I had a trailer, which I took with me to Sundance to show to people and say, what do you think? Am I crazy? Am I going in the right direction? And that's how it all started. I love that so much because, you know, the power of decision, right? Like you had made the decision that this is what I'm going to do. And then you took the first step, like trying to figure out, okay, let me go ask for help. Right. And then as right. you do that, it like, it almost gathers like its own energy and starts moving forward. Right. Right. Yes. And it doesn't mean that at times I didn't go, oh boy, what am I getting myself into? You know, because you, you're you right. You've made a commitment at that point. Yeah. You know, I've committed with this production company. I've committed to leave my job and I've said out loud to the public, <laughs> I'm going to make a movie about women and I've talked to women and I have stories. So, okay, you have all it takes now to get moving. So you need to move along. And it's, it is scary at the same yeah. time, exhilarating, but it, there's always self-doubt in anything. I don't care how confident you are. 
there's yeah. self-doubt that is, you know, sitting on your shoulder saying, you can't do this. Or you might even hear it from people, which I did. You I'm know, sure. you might even hear from people like, you're not trained to do that. Why would you do that at a time when people are retiring? That's silly. You know, what do you know about filmmaking? You know, you hear those negative <laughs> sounds and you try to, try to push them away and hang out with people that are saying, you could do this. Of course you can do this. Right. You know, you can do anything you want. Just do it. So, yeah, there's that exhilaration and self-doubt kind of all colliding yeah. together. Yeah. How did you navigate, you know, like those days where you're like, okay, I am lost my mind here. What did I think I'm doing? Like, I can't do this. Like, how did you push through those days? Because yeah, like you on, said, we all have them. And, and I've had them throughout my life. So they were familiar to me. I would just say, I would kind of lean into it and say, okay, I'm not going to work on this today. I'm not going to do anything today. I'm going to go take a walk or, you know, go hang out with a friend or do something else that will just take my mind off it and get me back into that place of Zen the next day where, okay, now I'm ready to go. Because like in any job, you need to take breaks once in a while. Right. And sometimes those breaks are pushed by your negative thoughts or, you know, something that you felt or heard or whatever. So I would just take a break from it. And I would then re-energize myself the next day because at the end of the day, I was so excited that I was mm -hmm. actually making a film and learning how to do it as I went. It was, it was amazing. It was just amazing. Incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And I love what you just said about, you know, in because so many of us, and I've done this myself, right? Like, you know, you have those days where you're like full of doubt, fear, like you're like, maybe I should just retreat and go do something else. Right. And the type A in me wants to push forward. It's like, right. you know, but taking a break and like re-energizing yourself and reminding yourself about, you know, why you started this in the first place, what was the excitement and passion that got you taking a step forward, I think is so critically important. Because I know on my own journey, there are, I've probably quit, oh, 10, 12, maybe even more times, right? For mm -hmm. like a few hours where I'm like, I quit. <laughs> and then yes. I go, yeah, no, 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 you're not quitting. You just had a difficult day. Like, right. I think that's so important. And I think in our society, we're pushed or programmed not to do that. Like, yeah. it, like you said, you use the word quit. I think that's really interesting. We're not supposed to quit. You know, that's no. a negative. But it's really not. All it means is your head needs a little rest. And yeah. then you come back and your head's in a better place and you can do what you need to do. But, you know, I, I've never met anyone who at work anywhere that didn't say that once in a while they just had enough and they needed to walk away and take a break yeah. from it so that they could get a clearer picture as to what was really bothering them. And it might yeah. not have been the work at all, maybe. Well, and the thing is, too, is like, you know, even like on the days that I said, OK, I quit because I can't do this. I literally just can't do it. Like the passion for what started me on this road in the first place would come back. And then yes. I'd be like, OK, yeah, OK, you're not quitting. <laughs> right. Right. And just even forward. So, you know, the part about following your passion, I think, is so incredible because there are going to be days where that suck, quite frankly. Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Because, you know, and I used to say, you know, work would be great if it wasn't for the people, you know, because you always had to deal with people issues and it's no matter where it was or what you were doing. And it's the same in filmmaking. That's a job, too. You know, there's the there's the beautiful part of it, the creative part. And, 
you know, the end result. But to get there, you have to do a job, you know, right. and the hard stuff The you know, you figure out the finances. That's the, you know, the ugly of it. And, you know, you have to make lots of calls and requests and get lots of negative responses before you move forward, just like anything that you would do. So, and I think that resilience of being an older person and, mm. you know, knowing that that's just part of the game helped me a lot through this, where maybe when I was younger, maybe if I had done it when I was younger, I wouldn't have finished. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Right. Did you consider yourself a creative person before you started this, down this path? I would say semi-creative because I think that I always thought of creative people as artists, like with a brush in their hand or, or the filmmaker or a musician, you know, they're so creative, but I did create things. I created businesses out of nothing and um, created teams of people that worked well together. So I thought I was a partial creative, like I was able to envision something and get there. So to me, I guess that's creative. But I didn't see myself as artistically creative, where now I'm feeling a little more ownership to artistically creative. Not fully, because I still need help to do it. But yes, I feel more creative now than I was in my younger years. You know, it's interesting because I have really had to come to terms with the idea of being a creator. Because like you, in my career, I didn't consider myself creative right? Because it was like, oh, I'm not an artist. I'm not a painter. I'm not the, you know, all the things that you just mentioned. But when I think back on my career, my most favorite moments were when I was building something out of nothing, right? Yes. But I, but somehow, just like you, right? I never, and having to like own the title of creator now, right? I'm like, it's an interesting dichotomy in there for me. Like on one hand, it's beautiful, but like accepting it has been I don't know, like I, there's a block against me being feeling like I'm creative. And I think I, know. I think that happens for so many of us. And I think if there's one thing that I want women to know is that we are all creative, Yes. right? It's find your flavor and we need to own and embody the idea that we are creators. Yes, I absolutely agree. And we need to be able to acknowledge it and say it out loud. Yes. And again, And I think this is a female thing. We have been programmed to be in certain boxes. And I think that, especially from my perspective, being on the planet, and I'm 72 now, for as long as I have, I look back into the 60s and the 70s and how things were programmed for women, expectations at work, at home. Holy Moses, you know, we've come a long way. <laughs> we've really come a long way. We still have a long way to go. But, you know, those things stay with you. And I think, you know, younger women, and I did interview some younger women in the film Beyond 60, and I did that on purpose at the beginning and the end to kind of get their feelings. And and I talk with these young 20-something-year-old uh, creatives. They're all creative people. And they're very aware that women like us have, uh, you know, paved the way for them and that their opportunities are much greater than my opportunities were in 1970. And so it gives me hope that they're more aware and they will be more involved in creating what they want very early on in their lives. And they're doing that. I mean, some of these 20 year olds that I 
spoke to were were entrepreneurs and they were on their third business. And, you know, that that's not something that I would have done in 1970, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, you know, I say this all the time, you know, I think that we, the women of our generation are on the leading edge of change about what it means to be, you know, an older woman or, you know, midlife and beyond a woman. Right. Because like you said, our previous generations didn't have like our mothers and grandmothers didn't have the same opportunity. Right. Right. We're kind of at the very end of it. And the women coming behind us, which is why I do what I do is because I want to change what it means to be a 50 year old woman. Right. Like that. It's not absolutely the beginning of the downhill slope to old age oblivion. No, it's actually you're on the uphill. You're on the upswing again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And so this is where for me, like embodying that idea of being a creator, right? And that you are in fact creating your next chapter. It's not like, okay, now you just let go of the reins and coast to the finish line. It's like, no, right? Like you have the power within you to create whatever it is that you want for this next chapter of your life. Correct. And, you know, and I know a lot of people my age and I know many that have gone on to do new things or continued on in what they were doing. And many who have retired in the true sense of, oh, well, that's it. This is I was trained to do that. I'm done. I, you know, now I'm going to play golf or just travel or maybe do a little volunteering, which is great. I'm not knocking that at all. But I also will talk with them and hear them say that, well, I I don't know how to do anything else. Right. I I would be too afraid to do something drastic. So that the there's fear that comes with aging as well. And that may be just how you were brought up or the circumstances that you were in or what your experiences have been. But it's usually the fear that holds people back from trying something completely different than what they had done. Oh, 100%. I mean, if you could erase the fear from people, like, yeah, because there's, you know, because the other part is, is like, you know, by the time you get to this point in your life, like if you're in your 50s or 60s, you've invested a lot to get to where you are. And the That's idea right. of making changes that might disrupt that feels yeah. daunting. It does feel daunting. It right? does feel, yeah. And and financially, I mean, you have, yes, you know, you, you do have to look at that. And I've had people say, well, you must be independently wealthy. No, no. I had a really good job for you know a couple of decades and I made good money and I saved money and I used some of that savings to make my first film. So I'm very aware of the fact that you know there are some people lucky enough to be able to do whatever they want because they have unlimited funds. But I, but take it from me, I didn't have unlimited funds and there was still a way to do this. There was a way to walk through that fear and manage that fear and make it real and do what I needed to do to set myself up so that I wasn't going to eat cat food in the future because that was not in my future. And I never, never, ever thought that I would get rich making a film. I never considered that I would break even, which I have not yet. But, you know, it was more the passion and the drive to do something not only for myself, but that might inspire other women to just think outside the box and try something new. Hey there, just a quick break in the conversation to share some important information from one of the companies that support this show. Ladies, you're going to want to check out hemplily.com, especially if you have symptoms of perimenopause and menopause like insomnia or hot flashes. 
Hempley offers an alternative wellness product that can help you stay asleep at night, relax away stress and anxiety, soothe achy body parts, as well as reduce hot flashes and night sweats. I've been using CBD and hemp products for my unending menopause symptoms for years. I mean, are the hot flashes and night sweats ever going to end? And honestly, they've been a game changer for me. No more waking up a thousand times every night. They help me stay asleep and wake up feeling refreshed. And what I love most about Hemp Lily is that if you're not sure which product will work best for you, you can simply give them a call. They offer free consultations before, during, and after your purchase so you get the relief you need, backed with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So go to hemplily.com today and use the code CHICKS, C-H-I-C-K-S, at checkout for 25% off your entire order and free shipping anywhere in the United States. Now, you all know that I love a great reinvention story and also supporting women-run businesses. Hemp Lily's founder, Terry Uzon, had fibromyalgia, and she refused to believe that taking prescriptions for the rest of her life was the only answer. Along her journey to restoring her health, she discovered that hemp was the answer for many other issues, along with menopause symptoms. And so she created Hemp Lily to share this knowledge with you. More and more women are now using hemp CBD to manage the daily symptoms that stand in the way of creating their best next chapter. Hemp Lily brings you top quality products so that you can feel great and live your best life. So if you seek calm and productive days, a pain-free body, improved memory and focus, restless nights, and less symptoms of menopause, head over to hemplily.com. That's H-E-M-P-L-I-L-Y.com and enter the code CHICKS to save 25% off your entire order. Now let's get back to the conversation. Let's talk about your film for a minute because I loved your film. In fact, I've watched it twice. Um, Thank you. I loved the film and I love, first of all, I love how you bookended it with, with the perspectives from the younger women, right? And just to see, like you mentioned, how things have shifted. Yes. But in the stories of like what, from you, all the interviews that you've done and the women that you featured in the film, like what, is there a common thread? Like what's the common thread that you kind of heard through all of their stories? The common thread was just resilience. No matter what they had been through or what they were doing or what they're doing now, they had this resilience and this sense of wonderment of life and uh, wondering what else is going on in the world and wanting to stay connected and wanting to help other people. So all of that is within each one of the nine women that I interview. Curiosity and resilience. Oh, yes, absolutely. And, you know, curiosity is an interesting thing because it will force you to go in a direction that you might not normally have gone, you know, and right. I'm generally a curious person. I have been since I was a kid, very curious about other people. What's their story? What are they doing? Why are they doing it that way? What does it take to do what they're doing? You know, I've always been curious that way. And all these women are curious in their own way in researching and, and finding new ways to evaluate things and, you know, just living life. They all had this yeah zest for, I'm going to keep going. I don't know. I'm not going to retire. You know, they don't see themselves retiring. They see themselves shifting. So they, they all had a passion to do something else in their older age. I think that was the thing, you know, after watching the film, the thing that I walked away was from it with was this idea of living life. Right. Like of just wanting to know, like, what else is out there? What more am I capable of? Like, and not in a way that's like, 
you know, I need more, I need more. But like, like you said, out of a sense of curiosity, it's like, what does this life have to offer me? Right. right. And what can I give back to it? Like this right. whole, because a lot of the women's stories, I mean, some of them were very difficult, like from traumas and health, health yes. issues and all kinds of things. Right. But yes. that didn't like, I think the resiliency of spirit, I guess, is what it was yeah. right? that yeah. I just kept seeing shining through with these women. Um, that was so inspiring to me. Right. Because they're everyday people. They're right. not, you know, they're like me. They're like you. They're you know, like the, they're people that you would pass on the street and not know who they are, but they have fascinating stories and they do have this curiosity about life and wanting to be a part of life and engaged yeah. in life and not seeing age as something that would stop you from doing that. And I think a lot of people, again, are programmed. Well, at this age, you do this. You know, when yeah. you get this old, yes. you wouldn't do that. Why would you do that? You're too old. You know, you still hear people saying that. Absolutely. You know, the older I get at 72, I'm like, well, why wouldn't I get up on the dance floor and go nuts? Because that's who I am. I've always been that way. I like to dance. So I'm going to still dance. But there there might be somebody, oh, you know, look at her. She's kind of old to be dancing like that. Why? <laughs> Just well, do it. Yeah. I mean, you know, do what makes you feel good. But it's programmed into our culture, right? It's just yes. like, you know, as soon as you, you know, as a woman, as soon as you turn 50, or even maybe yes. a bit before that, you become like invisible. And like I said, you're supposed to just like let go of the reins and coast into the finish line. Like right. God knows what you're supposed to be doing from 50 to 80. Like you're like, what? Or even 90, like 30 or 40 years, you're just going to like just disappear underground and just wait for it to end. I'm like, how yeah. absurd is that? Meanwhile, it's a, more than absurd. It's disturbing. And, it you know, and again, many people, smart people, educated people have taken that messaging and it lives within them. So yes. it stops them from yeah. moving forward. And that makes me feel really sad because I, you know, again, if I can stay alive and healthy and, you know, I hope to do a couple more interesting things, you know, yeah. when do I, that, that's what I'm measuring now. I'm working on my second film. And when do I stop making films and go on to the next thing? If there is one, because that, again, that calendar, you know, the outlook keeps getting a little bit smaller with time. That's just reality. Yeah. So how many things do I want to feel in this lifetime? And, you know, I really want to feel a lot because it's just yeah. an amazing to be alive is amazing. Well, and you know, and you mentioned this, yeah, you mentioned this earlier, like we're given this gift of life and for us to not honor it, like every year that we have and like live, like really live our lives, like, like yes. no matter what that is, right. Like to really live that life and to honor it. I mean, it's yeah. such a gift. Like I think about my eulogy a lot, maybe because, you know, I've been going to a lot of funerals lately, Yeah. but I think about my eulogy a lot and I'm thinking like, you know, when, Somebody's standing up there talking about my life. Like, I want them to see all the chapters, like all the things, you know, and she tried this and she failed miserably, but she tried it. You know what I mean? And then she went on to try this thing. Right. right? And I have to, like, I have to remind myself constantly of that. Right. Like, yeah. I'm going to step into this thing. I'm going to do this thing. Like, you know, should I, should I not? I'm like, yeah, why not? Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, the eulogy is a great example of, you know, I think of the same thing. It's like, I hope that people are, when I do pass, and if there is a eulogy, I hope people are inspired by it. Yes. That, you know, yes. that 
she didn't let time stop her. She didn't, you know, think that this is what I'm trained to do and that's what I'm going to do. It's just, we have so much to give as humans to other humans. Yeah. Um, and it could just be a message. It could be a message. It could be something that we're doing with our hands or, our, you know, whatever. But we have something every day that we can give to somebody. And that's, you know, meeting somebody that you've never met before and having a brief conversation with them. You're going to leave them with something. You're going to tell yes. them something about yourself that resonates with them. And they're going to walk away and they're going to remember that conversation. So, you know, I'm always telling people, take the detours, talk to people you've not spoken to before, you know, take different roads because you might fall upon something that will help you change your path and bump yeah. into something that you've never bumped into before. Yeah. Because I mean, you literally could take one interaction to make a hard left turn and, you know, you find yourself in a place that you didn't even think was possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about what your second film is about. My second film, which is in post-production, meaning that I have filmed it. Uh, I filmed it in the spring in California, and now it's back here in the Philadelphia area with my editor, and she and I are trying to make it into a film. <laughs> um, and hopefully we will do that by sometime early next year. It is called Climbing Into Life, and it is the life story of a woman named Deirdre Wallenick. And she is 71 years old. And at 61 years old, she became the oldest woman to climb El Capitan in Yosemite. And the interesting thing about her, well, there's a couple interesting, well, she has a lot of interesting things. But the two main things are she was never an athlete. She was an academic. She's an artist. She paints. She's a writer. She has published books. She was a professor. She speaks seven, eight languages. She's oh, wow. she's an amazing academic person. And, but then her two kids who are super athletes got to an age where they were going off on their own and she wanted to learn more about what they were doing. And so her daughter taught her how to run and she couldn't barely run at all. She had no breath, but now she's done some marathons. And her son just happens to be Alex Honnold of the film Free Solo. He's the only person to have ever climbed El Capitan without ropes. So he taught her how to climb and she has, she thought she was just going to learn about it, but now she climbs all over the world. She just got back from Greece and Italy climbing wow. um, and she's 71 and she's incredibly inspiring. And if anybody has seen Free Solo and you wonder where did Alex Honnold come from? Because he's a very unusual guy. Yeah. Um, his mom is, this movie is about her. And the connection with the two of them is pretty amazing. So you, you see the traits of the two, even though they had completely different lives as far as what, their, what paths they were on. You can see why he is the way he is and why she's turned out the way she has. So very, very inspiring. Very inspiring. Oh, yeah. And you just like, you know, as you were telling your story, you touched on something that I actually just put on social media this morning about sometimes you have to approach something with a beginner's mindset, like not comparing it to anything that you've done before or any kind of a benchmark or anybody else, but like literally just coming at it like fresh and seeing like, how far can I take this today? 
Yes. Right. Like, what can I learn about myself today? Like, what can, you know, like, what step can I take today? And like, literally just like throw everything you know about yourself and what you're capable of, you know, what society tells us, what, you know, our families told us or any, like literally just throw everything out and have a clean beginner's mindset and just see what happens. Right. Because I think we just get held back by all of these other, you know, expectations and you know, from of ourselves, of where we used to be, of what we, you know, our experiences and all of that. And if we can just approach everything from the beginner's mindset. That's beautiful, honestly. And, you know, you are so on point with that. And that's something I try to do every day. I still need to remind myself to do that, not just in filmmaking, but in my my life, my relationships, you know, my marriage, you know, why did I you know, act like a crab this morning, you know, what, where did that come from? Let's start over, you know, let's try to figure out where that came from, put it aside and, and start over and be the best version of ourselves and learn about ourselves. Even at 72, I'm learning about who I am and what I'm capable of and how I can be better every day just by being open to learning something. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, if there's one thread that I have seen, and you probably saw this through your through your movie, if there's one thread that I've seen about all the women that I've interviewed on this podcast was the ability to be able to show up and not be afraid to learn, mm-hmm. right? And just like asking for help, starting from scratch, figuring it out. And it's gotten like, like I mean, the incredible stories that I get to tell on this podcast, like yours and like so many others, right? Like Honestly, it's what keeps me going because it reminds me that, oh, look, this is possible. Yes. This is possible. And so your movie's doing that. Like, I'm hoping my podcast is doing that. Yes. And your podcast is. You have some wonderful people that you have interviewed. And there's so many podcasts now with women. Right. Which is amazing. So everybody has a different story. And, you know, if you take the time to listen to them, I think it can help set you you know, off in a different direction, or at least open the possibilities of what haven't I considered, you know, doing? And and why haven't I considered that? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I interviewed a 75-year-old woman a little while ago who was starting her third business, her second online business. So after like a whole entire career of bricks and mortar retail, you know, started an online business and then started another online business and then started a podcast. And she said, I wake up every day and I say to myself, what can I learn today? Yes. Right. So like all the technology behind her online business, like she knows it all in depth. Yeah. Yep. Right? Yep. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And then you look at, you know, we still have challenges with the media, you know, showing us that people my age don't know how to use computers. Well, that's a bunk. Because a lot of us were in business for a very long time. So we had to learn and we came up with computers and we can be very tech savvy or we can learn to be very tech savvy. But there is that messaging that still exists in marketing and media that tells us that old people all of a sudden lose, you know, everything that, that they have gained in their lifetime and they just become, you know, people that need to sit down and and take a break. It's just wrong. Yeah. And that's if you even see, you know, people over the age of 50 in, you know, in mainstream media, right? Like my biggest pet peeve in life is every time you see a woman that like looks like she could be over 40, it's either bladder bladder leakage protection, meal replacement (laughs) shakes or retirement plans. And I'm like, okay, all of those are good and necessary, but that tells like 
one iota of the story of what it means to be over like where and this is why I started this podcast right it's like where are all these women who are like kicking butt doing incredible things like why are we not seeing them in the mainstream right which I don't get I mean you know Airbnb did a great advertisement in the last six months I would say not only was the filming very creative and artsy but it was an older couple, probably in their 80s, and they were renting an Airbnb or their son had given them the weekend or the week at this Airbnb, which had a pool and it was real funky and, you know, it was very modern and lovely. And it showed them, you know, hugging and kissing and swimming and dancing and having the time of their lives. And I thought, well, good for you, Airbnb. For doing that, for doing that, because it showed them as vibrant humans that were, you know, they were just older than they were 20 years ago. That's all. But they were still interested in each other and learning new things and, you know, having fun and being, you know, having zest in their life, you know, and they were old. They were quite old. Yes. I love that. There there needs to be way more of that. (laughs) Way more of that. So I mean, what I love, what I'm most inspired about and your story is, you know, the fact that, you know, you chased a passion, right? Like you had a dream, you had a passion and you went after it. So if there is a woman listening who, you know, is in her fifties and, you know, she is contemplating the what's next, she has, you know, a desire that she, for, or a dream for her life and she's struggling, like she's afraid, what would you say to her? reach out to people, ask for help, start talking with people that you haven't spoken to before. Find somebody that can introduce you to someone that is related to whatever it is that you might be interested in. Start researching and meeting with people and talking with them. I mean, opening up lines of communication with people that you normally wouldn't have these conversations with is an amazing thing. It, it starts to give you this momentum of hope and interest level rises. Yeah. You are made, and they might be able to help you. You have to ask for help, I think. And that may be a lot of help or a little help, but you have to be willing to open yourself up to talk to people that you normally wouldn't have talked to before. I've told many people when I'm on podcasts, hey, my name's Melissa Davy. You can find me if you want to chat with me about what I did or, or you want some ideas of maybe what to do with what it is that you're contemplating. Find me, connect with me. I'm happy to talk with you. It's, it's all about connections. And oh. once you start parlaying those connections, you can end up in a spot. Wow. You know, I can actually start doing this. I, can, I have help. I have people who will, you know, be there to listen to me. And people that will maybe tell me how to finance this or whatever it is that I'm going to do. You know, there are people out there that are dying to help other people. People like you, Paul, you, you have great ideas. You've heard so many stories that you might be able to help, you know, introduce someone to someone else that you've spoken to in your past on your podcast. Oh, absolutely. I mean, one of the things, one of the best things I ever did for myself when I left my corporate life and I uh, was considering that what's next, I decided I was going to have coffee with as many people from as many different walks of life as I could to be like, yeah. what is it that you do? How did you end up doing it? What do you love about it? All of that. Right. And I would ask every coffee date, 
to just give me a recommendation to somebody else. And for probably about three months, I did this, just like having coffee with people I'd never met before. And that in itself just lit the fire in me because here's the thing, like when I was in my corporate world, I every day saw people who looked and thought just like I did, right? Mm -hmm. Who are in the same box as me. Yep. And when I stepped outside of that box and started talking to other people, I was like, holy shit, there's a whole other world world out here. here. (laughs) I wasn't even aware of. There's people doing jobs that I didn't even know existed, right? There's people making money in ways that I had never contemplated. Exactly. Right. And 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 that's again, you were on that train with all those people that every day, same train, same people, same same thought. Literally, I was on the same train. I would take the train to work every day with people who looked and thought, exactly like I did. I was in my box. Yeah. Right. Um, I know. And, so- and you're so busy and overwhelmed with your day to day that you don't see out the window until yeah. you get off the train. And what a wonderful idea to have coffee with people that you didn't know. I mean, that I do. I call people I don't know. I ask people to introduce me to people and I call them and, yeah. you know, end up having these long conversations and maybe even connecting enough so that we have multiple conversations. And right. it always gives me something that I didn't have, you know, always. It's, it's awesome. So true. I either learn something about somebody or something, or I learn something about myself. Right. Right. Exactly. Like I'm listening to a person's story, like what was resonating, right? Like things were opening up, little doors inside me were opening, going, oh, that looks like a little possibility. Right. And I think, you know, like for me being in the energy of people, like having contact with people, whether you do it virtually or whether you do it, you know, like, like I did the pre COVID days where you actually got face to face with people all the time. There is something about like when we're in our own heads, everything feels impossible, right? Right. Like, because we're in a certain way of thinking, but as soon as you go out and you voice your idea to somebody, just like you did, you're like, I want to make a film, right? It takes on a life of its own. You're you're actually giving it energy. Yeah. Right. You're so absolutely even, right. Like, so even though I didn't know exactly what I wanted, just saying out loud that I wanted something different and I kind of wanted it to look like this, or here's my experience, was actually giving it energy and helping it formulate into the thing that I am now doing. That's right. But That's speaking right. it out loud to another person, I think is so incredibly important. Really important. Really important. Yeah. I, I mean, and you know, meeting people like you is, to me, is very, very important because I can then go to your podcast and listen to the all the different interviews you've done. And I'm going to connect with some of those people, you know, because they're amazing. They have great stories and they have ideas that I haven't thought about, or they're telling me something that may challenge the way I've always thought about something. Right. You know, I'm always looking to challenge myself to not be stuck in a thought pattern that I've had my whole life. You know, that if, yeah. if I hear a story and it challenges me to think differently, I think that's a good thing. It opens me up to more opportunity and a yeah. broader sense of connection to the big world, you know? Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, yeah, just yeah. getting us out of our own, <laughs> our own yes. thought patterns yes. um, and vice versa. Like the work that you do, like I, like I said, I watched your film twice because oh. I was just like, okay, I'm just, a, so inspired that you made the film and B, like listening to the women, you know, and listening to their, like their sense of joie de vivre, you know, like, yes. and how they're grasping. I was just like, oh yeah, I need, like, I need to just keep reminding myself, like anything is possible. Yeah. 
you know, like I'm starting to branch out and do some different things that I can't, that I can't share yet. But like, I catch myself sometimes going like, oh shit, why? <laughs> what are you doing? Right? <laughs> Here we go and again. Then, yeah. I need this reminder that like, oh, okay. I can just go and ask for help. And in fact, I did that the other day on something that I'm working on. And now it gathered steam from that very moment. Like that train left the station. And yeah. I was like, oh, if I had never said this, it would never have happened. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So it it is awesome. And to to find yourself in midlife or later life and doing that, it, it's just a, it's a great feeling Isn't because it? It, it just goes to show you that, you know, until the day you die, mm. until the day you die, as long as you have your health and you're able to stand up, think you can do so many different things. Yeah, You know what I mean? Yeah. That it, it's possibilities are endless. Yeah. The possibilities are endless and, you know, and, seeing every day, every month, every year as a gift. Yes. Right. Because you don't know how many of those you're going to be gifted. Right. 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 And it's like, what can I do today? Like, how can I really live my life today? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, God, this is so good. I'm so yeah. happy we met. We met like, I know me so, too. You're me so too. inspiring. And I cannot wait for this next film to come out. Keep I will posted. be promoting both of your movies from the roof, shouting them from the rooftop. In fact, I'm going to hit you. my social media today and go tell everybody I know to watch this. <laughs> thank you so much. Brilliant, brilliant work. And thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. It's beyond inspiring. Oh, I really appreciate your time and I loved connecting with you and I hope we stay in touch. Yes, we will most definitely be staying in touch for sure. Yeah. Right. It's you know what? One of the best things about this journey and getting out of my box is has been like the people that I have met along the way that have yeah. like you just said, like literally changed everything about me. Right. Yeah. Like opened up doors in me that I didn't even know existed. So wow. That's awesome. It's a blessing to do this. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. So everybody, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you are as inspired as I am. And the greatest honor that you could give us would be to subscribe, to leave us a rating or review. And even better than that, share this podcast episode with a friend or someone you know who needs a little inspiration in their life. So until next time. Thank you for listening to the Old Chicks No Shit podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give is to share this podcast with a friend, subscribe, rate and review our podcast on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen in.